Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. A lot of people, when they do gigs these days, they tend to use a PA for vocals only, and then the backline and the drums are responsible for their own sound reproduction. And that's a really simple and effective approach for a lot of a lot of bands to be able to then go out and gig. But if you take and just an extra step to invest in some equipment, but most importantly, some knowledge as well and some skills, it'll improve your experience for you know your audience um, in terms of the sound quality, but it'll also improve your own personal experience on stage. Greetings, welcome to the Guitar Smarts Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This week, Kieran and I are discussing how easy or difficult it can be to improve your live sound if you're in a band. So, if you're in a band, maybe you do pubs and clubs, etc., you might be the kind of band that puts your vocals through the PA system and everything else is just backline. And that's an easy way of doing it, but there are a lot of advantages to taking a step up and trying to put a bit more of your sound through the PA and getting a bit more control and that's what we're discussing this week now this was a long old conversation so we're breaking this into two parts this week is part one next week we'll give you the second part and there's a lot of information in this um, so it's probably helpful to break it down anyway come and find us on our social media pages um, the usual places facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts and on instagram where you can find us at guitar underscore smarts and remember if you could it would be really helpful if you could leave us a rating and a review in your favorite podcast app um, for this podcast this helps us to get into the ears of other guitarists who are looking for guitar related podcasts anyway that's enough waffle from me let's get to it Kieran, hey, how are you doing, mate? You well? I'm superb, mate. I'm absolutely superb. Back to work with a bump this week after a lovely couple of weeks uh, holiday with the fam. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I must say it's not too bad because it's a four day week uh, here in the UK because we had a bank holiday on the Monday. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm all good, mate. And um, got a couple of gigs this weekend. Uh, one, both pub gigs, uh, both uh, within like a half an hour commute from home. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. To, to a couple of gigs with the band this weekend and then chilling out on Sunday. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. How about you? How's your week? How's your I'm, week I'm good. You're gigging a lot at the moment, aren't you? You guys are a busy band. Mm. That's brilliant. Well, it is brilliant. I'll tell you what, it's brilliant in terms of 
scratching that itch that was mounting mm. like 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 a like a like a painful thing <laughs> during lockdown, right? Because I realised that through all of the podcasting we were doing and the talking about stuff, it was it was it was huge amounts of foreplay without actually being able to keep, you know, <laughs> do the, do what we were talking about, right? I mean, we were doing a lot of practicing and stuff at home, but this is a podcast for the gigging guitarist, and yeah. and so the desire to get back out there was very much there but i must mm. say um i do hope i haven't bitten off more than i can manage um mm. these guys are super cool guys really really friendly bunch um take their music very seriously but more than that they like to be out there and gigging a lot uh a, lo- a lot so um you know I, i've kind of said to them i will do as much as i can but i think the expectation is is to be out there as much as we can be so yeah i hope hopefully it's going to work out um but yeah we are gigging a lot uh, it's pretty much every weekend we've got a gig and some weekends friday and saturday so uh, thankfully i've got a wife that's very understanding about it but it's requiring a lot of diary management and a lot of communication <laughs> and a lot of just trying yeah. to try to keep everything in check so Let's let's see, but hopefully it will be manage. Hopefully it be it will it will be manageable. But yes, this band does love to gig, so I hope I can keep up with it with everything else that I've got going on in my life because it's it's not my main day job. So yeah, well that's cool, man. I mean, I, I, I'm pleased for you. You know, I mean, I couldn't gig to that frequency. You know, two yeah. gigs in one weekend is too much for me. Yeah, I think it's too much for me to be honest. If if, if and, I, and I've said to the guys, I've yeah. said I'd prefer to not gig. To, you know on a week on a weekend um but they they're obviously keen to i guess the the luxury is is we are a five-piece band with two guitarists yeah. and prior prior to me joining it was a four-piece with a very accomplished uh guitarist who is mm. capable of, of doing the entire set uh just as one guitar um and he's able to gig very frequently as well because um, he is a he is basically a pro musician so mm. um on the gigs that i can't make it they can go out as a four-piece and that's not going to stop them from being out and gigging um but i think they do enjoy the the sound and kind of additional guitar there that a rock band you know with certain numbers does need so so it seems to all be working at the moment but yeah i've got to i've got to keep it in check so it doesn't dominate everything in life because uh, i'm not i'm not a pro musician and I, and I can't be out there um you know every single weekend two three nights uh, of, of the weekend yeah so. But, you know, I asked to be out there and gigging, so I guess I got it. There you are. That's cool, man. Because because it, it's because um, I find it I'm finding it quite hard to to kind of get. I'm not gigging again. I am gigging. I've I've got many. I've got one gig left in my diary, which is next week. Um, which is another wedding gig, and that one should be good fun. Because again, it's got keys and horns on it and stuff, so it's going to be plenty of oh, people. Good. I can kind of you know, it's got a good set list for this one. Same band, same group of people again. Um, but cool. then that's it for me after that for the year. And then I'm, I know I'm going to get going to get kind of sad that I'm not gigging again soon. I want to be out there playing, but um, I think what I'm going to do is turn my focus to other things and do some kind of do some really focusing on my practicing and my playing and and try mm-hmm. and work hard to you know to improve my playing and then maybe next year look at starting up a band again properly because um I don't think it's there's much point for, uh, for much don't think there's much point this year in me really trying to start something new or find a band that I can fit into I think I want to um spend the rest of the year just kind of um you know really honing my guitar skills in a way that I haven't done for years so that's mm. my kind of thought process I think for the rest of the year not too worried about the gig I am still I mean I'm 
started rebuilding my rig again, not from scratch, just the pedal board, you know, I'm kind of like, I think I'm actually going to move the TC electronic Nova system off because I've had some reliability issues. Um, and it hasn't worked that well with my current amp setup as my okay. uh, previous one did when I had one a good few years ago. Um, so I think I'm going to go to individual pedals again. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, kind of, kind of excited about that if I'm honest, because, um, you know, pedals are more fun. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they are, they are yeah. more fun. They're more finickety and they're more temperamental. And just when you think you've dialed in the right sound for, a, for, for your board and got everything right, you'll go and set your board up in a different venue in a different yeah. environment. And you'll go, ah, oh, I thought I'd had the sweet spot and I didn't, but, uh, but um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I think, uh, I think we need, we need to get you out there gigging and, and, and with the right, with the right band, uh, we need to, we need to come up with a plan for yeah. this, Mr. Oliver. Do you know, um, I want to go to some jam because, nights. I, I almost, jam yeah. nights almost to fill that hall for me if they're regular enough and good enough, you know, of a jam yeah. night. It, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, if I'm not gigging, yeah. I can go to a jam night once or yeah. twice a month and enjoy that yeah. plenty in terms of seeing live music and, and yeah. playing live, you know? Um, That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I, I want to get, I want to get to a jam night soon and, you know, see some people, play some guitar and uh, and get that kind of monkey off my back, so to speak. Yeah, abso- <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, the jam night down here should be starting up again yeah. soon. Um, so David, uh, Damien Nodrick's um, infamous and amazing jam night um, at, the, at the local pub down here in Hampshire. So hopefully um, we'll, we'll, we'll be along to that soon. And maybe um, <laughs> I think we should get loads of the guests of the show that have come on for interviews down there as well. Definitely. It'd be like a guitar smarts takeover of the uh of the thursday jam because <laughs> there's so many people that we've interviewed and spoken to who are like yeah, yeah i can't wait to go to this jam um yeah that'd be good that's a great idea we should definitely do that <laughs> can you imagine that being like just a, a lot of fun but anyway shall we uh shall we get on with this week's topic yeah yeah let's it's a big one. Oh man i <laughs> I, I wonder if I've had enough coffee. I've definitely got my notepad at the ready. Uh, I'm I, I, today. School is in session. Perfect timing because the schools have gone back and the kids have gone back to school this week. It's the start of the the, the, the new school year and 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 classes in session with Professor Professor Oliver yeah. today. Uh, I have mu- I have much to learn from you, uh, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep up. But I'm I'm probably going to ask a, a bunch of really dumb questions, but hopefully um, those will help me out and help out our listeners audience for, for today's topic yeah so how sh- how should we introduce what we're going to talk about today because you've re- you've written a brilliant agenda for I, us I, yeah and then i've kind of got an introduction but the impetus has really kind of come from a number of things right our past experience being in a band together and yeah you know also you know more current situations i think maybe with with gigs that you do sometimes and and i think yeah. this is probably something that is on maybe on the minds of quite a lot of people who are in pub bands and you know amateur bands mm. at the moment and it's to do with live sound doing your own live sound it's not yeah. easy to get right it can be a challenge so what most people tend to do is they take a simple approach to doing live sound and what that means is that they'll use a PA system with a couple of speakers and a simple mixing desk to amplify their vocals only if they've got a keys player they'll probably put keys through as well but if it's say you know and I'm going to preface this whole episode with I'm looking at this really from the viewpoint of a your average kind of five piece guitar band you know two guitars bass drums yeah. and, and a singer maybe a couple 
couple of backing vocals as well. But, but a lot of people, when they do the gigs these days, they tend to use a PA for vocals only, and then the backline and the drums are responsible for their own sound reproduction. And that's a really simple and effective approach for a lot of a lot of bands to be able to then go out and gig. But if you take and just an extra step to invest in some equipment, but most importantly, some knowledge as well and some skills, it'll improve your experience for you know your audience um, in terms of the sound quality, but it'll also improve your own personal experience on stage, which is important. So that's what we're talking about today. I, I, what I want to do is is kind of impart a lot of my experience as um, you know a sound engineer to mm-hmm. to you and to and, and to our listeners, hopefully to maybe give them some more confidence to go out and plan to improve their live sound when they're out there gigging with their bands. One thing to mention as well, you know, if you're a listener and you've already got a lot of knowledge on this and you already do a lot of these things and you've got other items of advice you'd like to add, then leave them in the comments um, on our social media pages or send us a message and, you know, that's something that we can add into another podcast at another time. That's great. First thing I wanted to mention is obviously we talked about that um, that kind of simplistic approach that a lot of bands take, which is, you know, you put all your vocals through the PA and then your backline's responsible for being loud enough to, you know, to amplify the venue. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing at the moment, right? And this is why it's I'm, I'm so keen to have this chat with you today because the the band that, I've, that I'm with, and, I, and they won't mind me mentioning this mm. um, in this regard because these are the conversations that I'm having with them at the moment, right? They're a really, really decent set of, of uh, kind of semi-pro amateur mu- musicians, right? Um, they they take their music really seriously. They play really, really well, and, and we're, we're creating a decent, a decent sound. And, and the audience likes it. We get good feedback after every gig. People really enjoy it. But I know, having gigged with you for a number of years, where you transformed our last band by utilizing your, your knowledge of sound engineering to help us, you know, get a much better front of house and on stage sound. I know how much that improves the overall, you know, experience for not only the band playing but also the, mm. the audience. Uh, and we started getting comments uh, in that band when we made those changes to say the comments started changing from, wow, you guys are really good to, wow, you guys are really good and you sound incredible, right? We used to start getting comments yeah. on the sound. And, you know, I've done gigs with bands uh, and played like with with, uh, with Damien Lodrick's band and things like that, where they take the sound and sound engineering even to the next level. And it's, and it's incredibly, mm. you know, high performance kit and professional, you know, sound engineering setup that they're going out with. So I've, I've experienced it but now i feel at least from a sound engineering perspective i've gone right back to basics with this band who are going out with a very rudimentary Mm. pa everything is backline uh driven but that backline is also then the front of house sound for for bass guitars the drum kit Mm. um the only thing we're running through the pa is the the three vocal mics and we've got three monitors pointing up at us so that we can hear our, our vocals. And now I think what the, what the band is finding with the addition of this, uh, extra guitarist mm-hmm. with me and a new drummer who has a very, uh, good loud kit. And, you know, he's got dynamics in his playing. He's, he's not just an obnoxiously loud drummer by mm-hmm. any stretch, but, but it's, it's, it's a loud kit they're now finding the overall onstage sound has gone up massively, uh, which is making it difficult to, to, to be able to be comfortable on stage with, with sound in certain venues. But also out the front, we're now getting uh, discrepancies in the balance of sound because we've got, you know, more instruments and different musicians playing at a louder volume. So I'm trying to impress upon them that there are some certain things that we need to do now that this band is in this format and this lineup with the, with the sound 
setup that we've got so we can get a better on-stage sound for us and we can have a more balanced sound out front for the audience. But it's going to require some time and some investment um, and maybe a little bit of equipment. And I think that's a scary journey for these guys. I'm not sure that there's the, the either the knowledge or the readiness yet to accept that and know what that entails. Yeah. Um, and that's why I thought it'd be a really good topic for us to discuss today and we could learn from from all the knowledge that you know is how, how you could advise this type of band, a pub fest you know or festival band but when we go and do festivals all the sound engineering is taken care of so this is just when we go out and do pubs and Mm -hmm. clubs that we need we need we need to figure out how to go from the setup we've got to getting a much better controlled sound and my my knowledge on this is basic and from having watched you and other bands that i've been in i've got a lot to learn so what 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 should we where should we start Matt? well that's a really good question and then and you mentioned some really good points about the disadvantages of taking that simplistic approach right of of um you know having that vocals only and backline approach to your sound you know if you're listening to this and you're wondering well well we get along fine doing that what what's the problem well the balance of your audio across the width of the venue can be really poor if you're if you're putting all the pressure on the backline to do your sound reinforcement especially if you set up in a particular way so that you've got if you've got both guitarists on one side of the stage it's going to sound completely different over to one side than it than it will to the other so you've got less control basically over your sound if you don't put everything through the PA and I'm not saying you should put everything through the PA but there are advantages to putting more things through the PA because then you've got a system that has control over the sound um, that's a big disadvantage to having that vocals only through the PA and back and backline approach to doing sound and again you, you have an inability to correctly kind of EQ things and, and fix things for the room a lot about sound engineering is really to do with making the instruments and the equipment you have kind of um, meet the room correctly um, you know because the room has a big effect on on the sound mm. Um, mm. you can't EQ a guitar amp for the room just from your guitar amp you, you know you need that's why a lot of people have graphic EQs on the on the board is not actually mm. just to use as a particular sound but they use it as a kind of a um, kind of a utility tool for for adjusting the sound to kind of meet the effects the room is having on on the guitar sound so yeah so these are things that you miss out on if you don't kind of put everything through a PA system but I've, mm. I've created some steps to take um Great. <laughs> and it's pretty it's, it's pretty comprehensive but what I what I want to avoid is getting too technical. I don't want this to be a really okay. dry podcast, but I want to cover things in such a way so that people can go away and and feel confident enough to maybe try or look up more about these things and who knows maybe it'll help people to improve their experience for their audience and themselves going forward. But brilliant. The first thing you should do um absolutely top of the list is just arm yourself with knowledge for First and foremost, there's some fantastic okay. books you can get, which really spell things out to you simply. And this is how I learned really in the first case, how to do live sound. If you, some of your biggest adv- adversaries in getting good live sound are going to be things like battling feedback, um, performing effective and musical equalization on, on signals and just understanding things like gain staging, which is really important. These aren't things that, you, you know, you, you should have some awareness of that before you go into doing live sound for a bat. Mm. Try, 
try and read up on these things before. And that's step number one. Um, there are some books that I really recommend as well. Uh, one is the Sound on Sound Guide to Live Sound, Optimising Your Band's Live Performance Audio. And another one called Just Basic Live Sound. They're both by the same author, mm-hmm. a guy called Paul White, who is a long-standing and prolific author for Sound on Sound and for a lot of his own stuff. He's just a fantastic sound engineer and he's written some really great books yeah. on how to do, not just how to do live sound, but helping to explain simple principles about, you know, the, the nature and the physics of audio. So that's the first thing I would recommend is to just, before mm-hmm. you think about changing your PA, getting new equipment, getting more microphones or anything like that, just do some reading and some studying on on, yeah. on how, you know, how you should do live sound because there'll be, you may even find that you can understand some things about the way you, you do things now. You can improve your sound even just, you know, with your current setup enough to kind of yeah. make yeah. A, a valid improvement. One of the things that I, and I bet, I bet you'll agree with this. One of the, one of the problems with not putting everything through the PA and this kind of sounds counterintuitive is I, th- you know, and my experience is this as well is people tend to, bands tend to be too loud if they're not through a PA. Is that your feeling of it? It is entirely my feeling and it's, <laughs> And it's it's a difficult, but I understand why you say the words counterintuitive, because I've yeah. been trying I've been trying to explain this to some of the guys in the band who've yeah. only I think only ever run this type of setup that we've discussed that very rudimentary backline as as the as, as the main driving force and and just vocals through the PA. And when they were starting to say, okay, well this is great, we really like the lineup now that we've got and the sound that we're creating as a as an ensemble, but the over overall on stage sound now is really loud we're, we're fighting against each other and we, and we keep seeming to notch up our sound uh, and i said to them well the way around this is we need to be able to hear ourselves better so we're not doing that and the way to do that is to start running more of the instruments uh through the pa get working on our monitor mixes so that we can all hear what we need to and then we can bring the overall level of the back line down which is what we're standing right in front of that's causing yeah. this this issue yeah but it but i think I think the the natural interpretation of that is we're too loud or it feels like we're too loud. So how does running the instruments through the PA and therefore creating more sound and more presence of those instruments how does that then bring the volume down and i think that's the piece that people are struggling with from a from a kind of this sounds counterintuitive if we surely if we're running the instruments through another set of speakers we're going to be even even louder and yeah. it's going to be even more indistinct in terms of sound and that's that's the bit that i'm trying to overcome yeah it's it's well you kind of you think if you think about a, a big live venue, if you go and see a band somewhere mm. like the O2, there's going to be a different sound engineer doing monitor mixes than yeah. there is a sound engineer doing front of house. So you can yeah. you can kind of think of everybody's individual monitor mix as a separate front of house mix. Exactly. That, you know, it's, the, it's your own personal experience of the event, whether you have that in a wedge, whether you have it in in ear monitors. You know, that's that's why you know the, the that's why the volume does come down when you have more stuff going through the PA because yeah. you can afford to now bring your stage volume down because yeah. there's nothing on stage that needs to be loud enough to present to the audience. The PA exactly. is taking care of that. So you bring your exactly. stage volume down, yeah. you can balance what each person in the band hears much better Correct. through their own monitor mix. And then the, the sound out front can be as loud or as quiet as you want. Exactly. Depending on drums, obviously. If you're in a venue where you're still somewhat depending on the acoustics of the drums 
to, mm. to punch through. But you have to get to a pretty big venue these days for that to be a problem. Yeah. The first thing that you'll lose with drums is your kick drum when the venue mm. starts getting, because that's all low end and thump, big venues that will just get lost into a mesh, into a, you know, a mush mm. of what used to sound like a thump, but it just sounds like a woof almost, yeah. you know. So you need something to, to punch out your kick drum and, you know, um, your singers and your band, you, you, you base your time feel off the backbeat of, of the drums, right? So you, you then need to introduce the snare drum as well. So, you know, if you're doing sound for a band and you want to improve things, you know, you want to mic everyone up in the band and ideally the kick drum and the snare as well. Everything else really, your toms and your cymbals, hi-hat, they'll probably come through enough anyway. Mm. So mm. you don't have to do much. You don't have to have overheads, you know, everything, every mm-hmm. tom mm-hmm. mic'd up. Just kick and mm-hmm. snare is enough for most places mm-hmm. um, that are bigger than a pub yeah. to, to improve your sound. And if you're just playing, and if you're just playing pubs, would you just, uh, my, my thought was just to, um, just to, to mic up the kick, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, for, 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 just to get just a little bit more thump. Add a bit more thump, a bit more, you know, just that feel that, that people have in their chest when dance mm. music playing. You know, you want a bit yeah. of that coming through as well. Um, yeah. But the main problem you're going to have with guitarists and guitar-orientated bands is that those amps are going to get too loud too quickly. They're going right. to overcome the vocals. You end up with a poor balance of sound on stage. You yes. end up with problem out front all the night in the sense that if people are notching up, you notch up your guitar amp because partway through the other guy's notched his guitar amp, then he's going to notch his up again, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. at some point, mm-hmm. or the bassist is, and before you know it, the yeah. main thing that the audience is listening to, which is the vocals, that's the main thing. Ninety percent of the time, most people are listening to is the person singing because that's how they know a song. Exactly. At some point, they're not going to be able to hear it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it doesn't happen intentionally. That's the no. other thing to say. It's what I've experienced is it's often like you'll do a sound check, and everyone's kind of listening and concentrating on the sound to get the right balance and being, you know, professionally restrained, yeah. etc and then as the gig progresses and the drummer starts to really get into things and lay into his kit a little bit more, things mm. just start to be a little bit more energetic and lively. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, hold on a minute, we're a lot louder than we were in sound check, so I'd better That's notch right. up a little bit because I'm not, I'm nowhere near loud enough. <laughs> and then, so the other guitarist goes, oh, he's turned up. Yeah, 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 because now I can't hear myself and everyone's yeah. getting louder and the singer's starting to shout a bit more and scream a little bit more, but it's because he can't hear himself anymore yeah. and it creates this domino effect where you're just constantly notching up and notching up which um uh, is a discipline to try not to mm. do that because you know um it, it just creates a uh, a perpetual yeah. effect you you're trying to adjust your sound for your own personal experience on the stage there right? yeah. i want to hear myself slightly louder now that the dynamics changed but the problem is is that now everyone can hear you louder you know the whole venue can hear you louder and that's affecting the balance everywhere if you have if you have a your own monitor mix then you can just turn the volume up of yourself in your own monitor mix that doesn't affect the sound on stage that doesn't affect the sound on the front of house it might affect the sound on stage but for your own personal monitor mix which is in a wedge pointing at you and then you shouldn't have the same reactions from people on stage having to turn themselves up you know the point is is that you're not affecting the balance at the front of house and if your stage volume is already low then you know you're going to have you're probably going to have to have you're not going to have to have it as loud anyway to hear yourself and therefore it's not going to affect front of house or the stage balance 
anyway. So, so there's huge advantages to having things going through the PA, and it is because of the control you get over the sound. Once you're putting everything through a PA, you just have ultimate control of how things should sound. Mm. And that's really important in some venues where it's actually quite difficult to get a good sound. Yeah. You mentioned that you're potentially going to be playing quite a small venue tonight. Tonight is uh, tonight is reputed to be a very small but popular little rock mm. pub, um, which apparently it's kind of infamous because people come out in their droves to, to hear yeah. rock bands, but it's a tiny little venue, almost laughably small. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how small and tiny this venue is going to be. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, for the thoughts of trying to get a good sound tonight are just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm almost given up before I, before we've started. I think it's just, <laughs> it's just going to be, let's just, just see how restrained we can be in this venue. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not going to be too bad, but actually sometimes in small venues like that, it's good to have a little simple approach to it, you know, yeah. kind of a, a get in, get out approach, you know, and if people just like a, a good rock band, then just, just yeah. go and do the thing. But if you're playing a venue that's maybe a little bit bigger, maybe high up on a stage, mm. if you're high up on a stage and you've got your guitar on a, on a, on a, um, on say a seat, you know, a chair to get, to get it so that you can hear it well, it's going to be above the heads of people that are on the dance floor. Um, so you, again, you, you're going to have no control. You're going to lose control over your front mm. of house sound, the, the, the kind of cost of trying to make things sound good on stage. The, the other thing to say as well is when you're playing venues like this, where space is, is, is at a premium, and if you're trying to run things like particularly guitars and even bass through the back line, maybe to a lesser extent bass, but uh, what, what I've noticed and, and forgotten about, um, because I haven't run this setup for a long time with bands, is you end up obscuring the cabinets that you're standing in front of. You're literally on top of your amp, so you're, yeah. you're standing in front of it, yeah. and it's kind of like, well, that's the sound that the audience is hearing out front, but because the venue's yeah. so small, you've got no other option apart from to stand in front and almost on top of your your speaker that's cap. it yeah. so who, who's hearing what it's just you know so it's you can't be... hear yourself i mean if you've if no. you've ever done a gig and i'm sure you have and i've done yeah. plenty where you've got no choice but to stand right in front of your own speaker yeah um and it's at your feet you, yeah you can barely hear yourself but then you <laughs> yeah. might walk out onto off the stage to where people are and you're loud, you know, yeah. and you think this is frustrating because I can't hear myself, but I know I can't come up because I'm going to be too loud for people. That's it. That's exactly when you want your amp to be mic'd up with some fold back from a wedge or any monitors that is feeding back just for you, That's your it. own sound at a That's level it. that, you know, means you can hear yourself perfectly and other people, but it's not going out the front, it's coming to you. That's you it. Know? That's it. I wanted so to talk how do, about, how, yeah, go on. Go on. I was going to say, well, how, how do we start getting stuff through the PA? Is, is that what you wanted to, to talk about next or were you going to take us in a different direction? Well, yeah, I wanted to talk about equipment, really. Great, yeah, so great. That's it. What, great. what equipment? You, so you're, you're in a band that currently does this more simplistic approach with less control over the sound. What what equipment do you, do you have? Right, so it's, 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 it's good backline equipment in terms of the guitar amps and the bass caps and all of that. Everyone's got decent enough gear, but the PA itself is a fairly rudimentary 12-channel uh, mixing deck desk uh, with a with a with a power amp and then two uh 15 inch top pa speakers we're not using a sub mm-hmm. um but these speakers you know the 15 inch they've they've got they, they could eq'd properly they could probably kick out a decent amount but yes obviously it'll be nice to have a sub and then we've got three uh monitors uh mm-hmm. one for myself for my vocal mic one for the lead singer and then one for the bass player who does uh backing vocals as well like myself uh and and, and that's it so in in terms of 
of equipment. It's it's pretty. It's as, it's as basic as you could you could get for a five piece mm. band to go out and and yeah. and gig with. So my my first thoughts, and I'm this is where I may have got things totally wrong. Right, my first thoughts are: well, why don't we di the bass? And the bass player's already got a monitor in front of him, so we could give him his his bass through the monitor uh, as well as out out front. And why don't we mic up both guitar cabs and um, have those coming through the monitors as well? And then we can get a better blend out front because we are running the guitar cabs one either side of the drummer, so stage left and stage right. Mm-hmm. So depending on where you're sat in the, as an audience member out front, at the moment you're already getting an imbalanced sound depending on if you're sitting in front of my guitar cab or or the other guitarist so that was my first thought to try and lower the overall stage volume and get a better balance out front and just Mm -hmm. take some time to sound check that setup and the monitor mixes at a gig but that's as far as my knowledge has has gone really with the setup that we've got so that's so so what would you do in 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 this instance that there's a there's a lot of merit in that approach that you've mentioned there because what you're trying to do is approach the problem of um, bringing the stage volume down, of not yeah. having to, not that you won't have to make volume adjustments, it's just that what you're doing is you're setting your the source of your tone, your guitar amplifier and your rig, you're setting it in such a way that you won't have to change, change it again. You won't have mm. to increase the volume of it on stage because if the people in the audience need to hear it more, you can increase the volume of it on the desk, okay? Yeah. And if you need to hear it more, you can increase the volume of it in your monitor mix. Correct. Okay? Yeah. You're not having to increase the volume of the, the, the actual amplifier itself. That's right. Which is something that, you know, more people will hear on stage. You know, if you've got your own wedge in front of you, you're going to hear that really well at a lower volume than your amp because your amp's yeah. going to be set lower anyway because it's not having yeah. to do front of house sound. You can keep yeah. your amp set relatively low, have it mic'd up, and then bulk of what you hear can come from your monitor mix. So that's a really good approach. You don't have to do much investment in terms of equipment it's just maybe some more mics some more cables some more stands yeah i'd always recommend where possible having a mic on a cabinet on a stand so that it's facing the speaker properly like you would face a mic you you would never really sing across a microphone you would Mm. sing into Mm. it because that's Mm. hitting the full diaphragm with the sound you get more detail you get more more across the full frequency spectrum so invest in some short mic stands put the mic properly in front of your speaker some people just hang the mic in front of a speaker. That's not too bad. It, to be fair, you can buy some microphones that are side access in terms of the sound anyway. So the Sen- your Sennheiser E906 mics, which is what a lot of sound engineers use for, for guitars, they're side presentation mics anyway, which means... So, so I've bought a couple of extra SM58s yeah. just just because they're handy, a good all-rounder. I know people yes. normally use 57s for, for guitar cabs and things, and I, I'm not sure why. I, I guess it's just based on the responses and frequencies it handles and and maybe it's a better choice for miking up cabs i don't know there's no real difference no difference right, really? really between a 57 and a 58 other than okay um, and the the capsules either surrounded by a, a, a large pop pop shield within yeah. that um, kind of mesh frame on a fifty eight fifty seven is really still the same microphone but without that, really, without okay. that around it so you can get it closer oh, you know, know so that. you can get it about an inch closer to anything a fifty seven yeah um, so it's really the same microphone there's no there's no real difference there you go. Okay. So, but 50, I mean, if you've got a pocket full of SM58s or that type of dynamic microphone, 
you can use that for everything. That's great. You can use that for vocals. You can use it for um, your snare drum. You can use it for your amplifiers as well. Mm-hmm. DIing the bass is a really good idea. Um, and you'll probably find that most bass amplifiers have a DI output anyway. Mm-hmm. So if the sound of the amp is really integral to your bass player's tone, then uh, I would say turn the volume of the amp down on stage. They still use the amp for their own tone, but then use the DI output from the amp to go into the desk. And then yeah. you're still, it's just like miking it up, really. Would you ever DI a guitar cap? It depends. So there are some amplifiers that have DI outputs on, you know, that Tech 21 amp I used to have, that Treadmark mm. 60, that's got a DI out, right. which has got cab simulation built in. Um, but I would never DI a guitar amp that didn't have proper line level output like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it should have cabinet simulation. It should have, yeah. you know, the right audio level. You know, you don't ever just take the speaker out and plug it straight into the desk. That will just, yeah. you know, that's high ampage, um, low voltage to drive a speaker, not the kind of signal that a desk is, is looking for. So I would always yeah. try and mic it up, but try, you know, if you've got a direct out on your amplifier, that's a good thing to do as well. Mm. Maybe you use a, amplifier on stage to amplify like a helix type setup maybe you've got a line Mm -hmm. six helix or Mm -hmm. something where you're getting all your tones off a floorboard you could just do you know an xlr out from your floorboard straight into the desk um and then you know you can have your sound that way that's another good way of doing it so yeah having having enough mic inputs on your desk to be able to then you know connect enough mics to to pick up sound from the different amplifiers is going to be the first big step you need to take really to improve your sound on stage nice now i now when you were doing this for for roadrunner our previous band um what i noticed you doing once you'd helped us set it all up and 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 it was a similar type of arrangement to that which you've just described um did we did we di the bass in that or did we just uh was it just the guitars we were putting through you were di the bass bass as well well, yeah I used to notice you were able to do a lot of this just with a set of headphones by the and and the desk. You were doing, uh, you were listening for a lot yeah. of the kind of. Uh, was that just a line test that you were doing through those headphones? What were you, what were you doing and when you were just listening through and testing everything out through headphones before we then went to to sound check? Well, that's a, do you know what? That's a really good question, um, and I've made some notes actually about this. Um, it's absolutely imperative if you're going to take this approach to doing sound engineering properly on your gig and getting things going through a PA. You must do everything through headphones before it goes through front of house first because the reason for that is you get to isolate those different sources uh, in your ears first without without the room being taken into account Mm -hmm. so you should be thinking once you've got your PA set up and you've got things mic'd up and you're about to do you know your line checks as you just mentioned making sure that microphones and sources are working you should you shouldn't be doing that through the speakers you should be doing that into headphones that you listen to because then you can hear things that won't be apparent in through the speakers, you know, especially if you're in an ambient room with maybe some fans going in the ceiling or air conditioning or something, people talking, glasses clinking. You're not going to be able to hear things like buzz that you might need to EQ out or some, you know, some high pitched noises that are coming from an amplifier that you might want to EQ out slightly. You're not going to hear the full balance of the sound, you're not going to think, oh, I've, I need to EQ this amplifier slightly because it's a bit too mid-heavy or something. Mm. You're going to want to listen to each thing individually and really make a, a, a judgment out of your own feel. You know, you trust Musicians probably don't trust themselves enough when it comes to recognising when th- something sounds good or sounds bad. Mm. Mm. You've all spent a lifetime 
listening to music, we know what things we like the sound of. Um, we know what things we don't like the sound of. We know when something sounds tinny. You know, mm. we have ways of describing things that, you know, we, we all agree are good indications of whether something sounds good or bad. So you should be using headphones to isolate your ears from all the things that detract from that sound. And then you make an assessment, you EQ, you EQ your guitar sound, it sounds great in the headphones. I'm going to put it through the front of house now and see how it sounds out of the front of house. Mm, mm. Mm, sounds slightly different out the front of the house, so maybe I need to add a little more bottom end. So you, you're starting to adjust, but having headphones is imperative to that because of the. Mm. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to really listen in isolation to each individual source. You should do all your mixing through headphones um, before you then put anything to speakers. Same with once you've finished sound checking everything individually, mm. um, you should be trying to mix the sound of the band band's front of house mix in your headphones first get it sounding a bit like you're listening to a cd mm. you know i can hear the drums great here i can i've got my guitarist pan left and right so i've got a nice little stereo spread going there i've got the main vocalist middle i'm going to pan the two backing vocalists left and right as well so in my ear, earphones now i've got a nice little mix of everything regardless of how loud it is in your headphones you want mm. the mix of everything to be just right and then send that to the front of house because then now it should just be a case of how loud do I want the front house to be? The mix is yeah. right. Yeah. Do I just want it to be louder or quieter than it than it happens to be? So that's why you should have headphones mm. because it's the detail you're looking for using headphones. Yeah, really good advice, mate. Really good advice. Um, I, I think the more as I'm listening to you and talking through some of some of this stuff, the more I'm appreciating, obviously, why uh, it's it's such a skill and such a, a a wonderful thing to be able to have a sound engineer out with you if you're gigging because all of these things are <laughs> like like it's it's it, they know all of this stuff and they know how to do yeah. this because when you did all of this for us in our previous band you did it in a very uh chilled out very relaxed way mm-hmm. there was no stress with it and you, obviously this is knowledge you've accrued and, and a sensibility that you've, you've accrued to do this that mm-hmm. comes um you know almost a second nature and uh uh i think that's that's something that as i'm listening to you going right i've got to remember this and we've got to work through all of these steps i'm i'm realizing um, this is this is quite this is quite a level of detail and quite uh not not a, a daunting thing but it's 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 um it's something that we've got to remember to do in a kind of nice sequential way to get yeah. it right it's not a yeah. case of just just marking up the guitar cabs chucking them through the pa and, and turning turning the sliders up to see to see yeah. what, what what happens because exactly it, you know it's, it's it's a bit more nuanced than that Thank you so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it this week. Remember, this is a two-part podcast talking about live sound, so the next part will be out next week where we'll conclude our discussions on doing live sound for your band. Anyway, find us on our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember to leave a rating or a review for the podcast in your favourite podcast app. That really helps. Anyway, take care. Have a good week. Music